Hello and welcome. Welcome to Radical Embodiment, the podcast. I am your host, Emily Wishall, and I am the author of the recently published book, Radical Embodiment, a practical guide to celebrating the skin you're in. I also work as an embodiment guide and a certified rolfer supporting women in releasing body shame and really learning how to love their body exactly as it is. My intention with this podcast is to offer you a new insight and perspective on how you get to be with your body so that you can release that worn out, exhausting story of being dissatisfied with your body. The more you listen to this podcast and do the practices that I suggest, the more you can expect a softening and the emergence of a gentler approach to how you view and talk to yourself. Change in the context of radical embodiment is not a diet. It is not a workout plan. Instead, it is an overhaul of the way we treat and perceive ourselves. It is the fierce application of gentleness to the gaze we offer ourselves. Hyperfocus around your weight and physical appearance robs you of your energy, clarity, power, and joy. I have created a method to help you learn how to love and inhabit yourself thoroughly and deeply. Each episode of this podcast will provide healing strategies to help you become more embodied and develop a more loving relationship with your body. If you enjoy the episodes, I would be deeply grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at and download the episodes, as well as share with your friends, family, and community. Together, let's cultivate peace, serenity, and deep love for these beautiful bodies of ours. And now, to today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. It's Emily, and welcome to episode 11 of Radical Embodiment. And this episode is called Bumps Along the Way. And so what I mean by bumps along the way is as you are in your healing and growth journey towards really learning to love and embrace your body exactly as it is, you may be having moments where you're feeling really confident in your skin, where you're feeling really content with your body, where you're feeling like you're able to embrace yourself more and more. And then you have a wham or a bump happen. And that wham or that bump may be that somebody in your family or an acquaintance, someone in your community comments on your body or um, makes some sort of comment about someone else's body that triggers you, that triggers your mind into a spiral of negative beliefs and thoughts around your body. Or that bump along the way, maybe, maybe you're scrolling social media and looking at some, you know, people you know or people you don't know and looking at their bodies and noticing some judgments around your own body feeling like you don't quite stack up 
or your body's not quite that good. So you better like get on the, get on the train of working really hard and being really rigid on yourself. Or maybe that bump is having a moment where you really, you know, are triggered and feeling some discomfort and intense discomfort or feeling some intense pain or sadness or some strong emotion that's challenging for you to be with. And so because it feels so challenging for you to be with it, you instead choose to numb or self-soothe. And so that numbing or self-soothing could come in the form of overeating with food. It could come in the form of another substance. Maybe it could be alcohol. Maybe it could just be like binging on TV, Netflix, mindlessly scrolling. Those are all signs of like bumps along the way. And so that's what I'm going to be speaking to because so frequently in all of the clients I work with, there comes along a time in our journey and our path together where they have a moment of a bump and they feel like it's setting them back or they can go into a really discouraging place of feeling like, I'm just like never going to get there or I'm never going to be able to be happy with my body or feel acceptance for myself. And my intention with this podcast episode is to help shed light on these bumps along the way and actually help share their purpose and the reason behind why I believe they come up, um, that they're part of our healing journey and process. So it's, you know, instead of seeing them as like, oh my God, like this is happening again. I'm never going to get there and feeling frustrated, actually being able to meet these bumps with more of a state of curiosity and desire to dig deeper underneath the surface. So with that, let's dive in to bumps along the way. So the growth and healing process is not linear. It's not a time, usually, right? I always want to hold this, the space and the potential of you're going to feel better and better and better and better. But the truth is, and the reality is, we are all humans in humans' bodies living a human experience. And a part of our humanity is this wide spectrum and array of emotions and feelings. The emotions being more like the high vibration emotions um, of like feeling joy and elation and pleasure and ecstasy and delight and confidence. And then the lower vibration emotions of frustration, anger, grief, sadness, loneliness, bitterness, the whole gamut. And I think that there are layers in our healing, layers in our tissue, layers in our emotional body and state that unwind with time. And so this wham, the speed bump that I was speaking to in regards to the the title for this episode of Bumps Along the Way is I see these bumps as a good thing. These times when we feel like maybe we're taking a step back or feeling like we're experiencing more pain in our bodies or emotional state or feeling like things are more disarray in our our interpersonal relationships. And the reason I see these bumps as a good thing is it is our body's way of letting you know the next shadow that's ready to be seen, the next layer that's ready to be uncovered and healed. 
meaning it is your body's way of letting you know that you are out of alignment. And if we were to feel all of the hurt and pain and become aware of our shadows all at once, it would be way too overwhelming. It would be way too much for any of us. It'd be actually like probably re-traumatizing for most of us. And so instead, our body, our nervous system is incredibly wise and smart. And so we receive pieces at different points in time. And maybe we receive like a bigger wham in times when we are actually more resourced to be able to handle and move through it and release it, move beyond it. Instead of having it completely like that wham, wipe us out, wipe us down. So I want to talk a little bit about shadows before I dive Next, that's what I like to talk about because I just spoke to shadows. And so I want to define to me what a shadow is and what that means. So there are aspects of us that we accept and comfortably express. So we all have aspects of who we are, of our personality that we are able to readily access, that we are readily able to express. And there are other aspects that we each have that we reject and suppress. And the reason we suppress certain parts of ourselves is because at one time or another, we received the message that they were not okay or that that aspect of ourselves was bad or wrong. Or it could even be that that aspect of ourselves that we couldn't possibly be good enough to claim that for ourselves. And so these aspects are referred to as our shadow aspects. Carl Jung coined the term the shadow self. And so the shadow self describes the unconscious parts of the personality that our conscious ego doesn't want to identify with. And so the shadows are the parts of your personality that you split off from. And in moments when you feel triggered by another person, I think you can all think of like somebody comes in and you are, you know, maybe you have an interaction and maybe you don't even really have an interaction with them. Maybe you see them talking to somebody else and they just like really (laughs) trigger you, right? You're just like all of a sudden flooded with emotion, flooded with energy. That's a time that that's an example. That's your shadow being triggered and activated. Meaning what you are witnessing in that other person's energetic realm and their whatever they're acting out and their behavior, what you are witnessing is an aspect that you have within you that you have suppressed and rejected. So you've pushed it far down into the depths of you. You've disintegrated from it. And the more you're disintegrated from it, the more than when you see that in the world, you're going to have a stronger reaction to it. It's going to piss you off. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. It's going to give you an overwhelming amount of energy inside. Because you're unconscious, there's some sort of fear there. There's a disintegration. There's a not trusting that in a way. 
And so these places are uncomfortable. The shadow is kind of a sticky place. It can be an icky place. But in order to be able to enjoy our lives in a way that we feel like we are living gracefully, in a way that we can really say and own that we love our bodies and that we treat our bodies with nourishment. In order to be able to do that on a consistent, regular basis, you have to be willing to look at the icky, sticky, uncomfortable places within yourself, within the whole spectrum of who you are. So you have to go into the darkness. It's through going through the darkness that is going to help you overcome the shadow and overcome the resistance, meaning you've got to come up and connect, like bringing your shadow in. And in my own journey, I know I've shared on this podcast um, that, you know, how I used to really struggle with compulsive overeating and just feeling like out, out of my body compulsion. And like there was like something that had taken over my body. And a piece of what I believe was happening is there was a shadow that I had suppressed that was really desiring to emerge. And unconsciously, I was not ready. Unconsciously, I wasn't willing. I wasn't willing to go into that ickiness. I wasn't willing to feel it because I still had this belief that if I felt that ickiness, if I went into it, if I embraced or looked at those feelings of loneliness, of despair, of sadness, of dissatisfaction, that that would ultimately mean that something was wrong with me. And so instead I pushed them away. I numbed them. I didn't want to look at them. I'd look the opposite direction continuously. And when those compulsive urges to overeat would come over me, it was like my body had had enough. It's like I couldn't push it down any further. And so that's where the disordered behaviors come from. I spoke in another podcast episode of what happens when we suppress or restrict, it's going to ultimately lead to some sort of disordered behavior, some sort of disordered coping mechanism. And similarly, when we are not allowing, not willing to look at our shadows, which is a lifelong process, it's not like, okay, this month I'm really going to do all my shadow work and then I'm going to really be an integrated human. Um, Unfortunately, that's not the way it works. It's a lifelong process. There's so many aspects of us. And the more willing and conscious you are to take the courageous step in moving into that shadow, moving into those bumps, moving into those whams, the more readily your consciousness will be able to wrap that aspect of you, wrap that shadow in in a hug, in an embrace. And we have what are like both, you know, what you might refer to as light shadows and dark shadows. I think often when people are talking about shadow work, and maybe even as I've been talking here, maybe you're thinking more just specifically those lower vibration emotions, right? So the fearfulness, the anger, the sadness, 
Yes, those are shadows, but those are maybe what we'd think of as darker shadows. But we also have light shadows. So light shadows would be more of the higher vibration emotions. So compassion, confidence, um, high self-esteem, competence. All of those can also have the potential in an individual to be a shadow, meaning there's a part of you that is afraid or unwilling or doesn't think you're quote unquote good enough to claim that for yourself. You know, maybe it's that you're beautiful. Maybe it's that your body's beautiful, that you're attractive. Those can be aspects that Yes, those are things that we want. And so we might not think, well, I want to feel that, right? I'm not going to disown that. But the truth is, of course, not for all of them. We each have our own individual shadows and some that are stronger than others at any given point in our life. But those... Hey, it's Emily, and I am interrupting this episode to make sure that you know about my free Radical Embodiment community. So have you joined the Radical Embodiment community? If not, what are you waiting for? Um, So the community group is on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com forward slash Radical Embodiment Community, the group will pop up. You can also just search for groups and search Radical Embodiment Community. I will also have a link to the group in the show notes. But why I'm encouraging you to join that group is I share exclusive monthly events that are only for that community group. And these events are free, um, all of which hold the overarching intention of supporting us in shifting the narrative that our worth is based around our weight, that our feeling like we are enough is based around the way that our physical body appears. And through the community, we are having conversations around just that and conversations to support us all in releasing body shame. When you're feeling shame about your body, it's next to impossible to heal that alone in isolation. Shame feeds in isolation. And so that is why this community is so important to me to help increase the conversation around our bodies and be able to share in a place that is safe, that is transparent, um, that is a clear container to support you in moving beyond feeling like your body's the problem and instead getting to experience delight and joy and pleasure and love for your body. So join us um, over on Facebook. Again, it's Radical Embodiment Community and um, hope to see you there. As I was writing my book, Radical Embodiment, I definitely experienced this bumps along the way that I'm speaking to um, in a way that was more intense um, than I could have anticipated. As, you know, I was writing the chapters, as I was writing about my own personal story that felt deeply vulnerable to put onto paper, to put into print. And reading, especially when I was in the editing process and reading about these moments in my life where I was feeling deep shame, 
where I was feeling deeply insecure about my body. It sent me into feeling that pain and that shame and that insecurity in a new way than I even did when it was actually occurring. Because in those moments when I was in that experience, I was also in a deep place of numbing and coping and self-soothing. And so I wasn't fully feeling. And as I've talked about, you know, that is a smart strategy for our system when we're not, you know, as resourced. And so as I even mentioned, like the layers of the onion peel, right? We get different layers at different times and writing the book, editing the book, after the book came out into print, after it was published, there's so many different layers for myself of healing, I like kind of getting over myself and now recognizing the book's not about me at all, but it took me a while to get there because the journey of creating it was very much about my own healing journey, more than I could have anticipated. Now in retrospect, I'm like, well, that makes sense. But in the process, I was so close to it, I couldn't see. And I had a lot of judgment because what came up was a lot of my old coping strategies and behaviors that I thought I had outgrown, that I thought I had moved beyond of, you know, having a day where I'd set aside a certain amount of time to edit or to work on the book and going into every avoidant pattern I could think of, whether it be scrolling incessantly on social media doing every other task on my to-do list that really wasn't urgent, but all of a sudden became really pressing in my mind because if I did that task, it meant I didn't have to sit with the thing. I didn't have to sit with the discomfort of being with my book, of being with my words, of being with my truth. I went through a period, it was in the spring of 2021 as I was in the first round of the developmental edits of my book where I had a few weeks where I definitely went into some like overeating spiral and there was an event that happened in my local community as well. It was a um, a shooting at a local grocery store that was my neighborhood store that I shopped at. It was at most days. It was deeply tragic that on top of already being in a low place just amplified what I was feeling. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I'm having this conversation of talking about our shadows. Um, all of these episodes have also been focused on our limiting beliefs, talking about what is more in the unconscious, what is driving our show. And as you begin to peel away and uncover, even in your own personal way and story, that's vulnerable. Even if it's just vulnerable because it's you being with you. And, you know, so I kept trying, I, I was had so much resistance to what I was experiencing emotionally and the behaviors that were coming up around the editing and writing of my book. I had so much resistance to it. I had so much judgment to myself of like, Emily, like who, who do you think you are? You're writing this book about body love. You're writing a program on body love. Like, look at, you know, you're struggling, like you're having a hard time. So there was very much in that vicious judgment cycle that I talk a lot about. And then finally, I think I like read the words on my paper and I finally was like, okay, like maybe it's time that I follow my own advice. And so I did. And I actually, I finally, I just allowed the avoidance. I noticed, huh, 
I'm clearly wanting to avoid this right now. There's clearly more going on underneath the surface that I'm currently aware of. I'm My body, my nervous system, my emotional state is deeply needing some soothing and comforting. And so instead of avoiding the resistance, I just went with those comforting ways instead of resisting and pushing against them. So I finally gave myself permission to just feel my emotions without needing to create a story or requiring that feeling to change. You know, if I had a day where something that I read in my edits made me feel some strong emotions, some deep sadness, I just let that be. I let it be okay. And I would just be in my sadness for a couple days, not needing to change it. And the more I followed my own advice of being gentle, of allowing the wham, of allowing the speed bump, the more that honestly just naturally began to shift how I tended to myself. So instead of being in that mode where I was avoiding and I was then going into some numbing and coping, the more gentle I was with myself and the more allowance and grace and permission I gave myself, the more I naturally began to just take exquisite care of myself. It was easier instead of like often, especially if I have a hard, what feels like a hard task for me or a a task I'm avoiding on my computer, um, when I sit down to do it, it's so easy for me to open up my phone and just like scroll on social media and waste 5, 10, 20 minutes just scrolling. And the even like what I noticed as I just gave myself permission to be with the waves that came up in this journey of birthing this book is I remember one day just realizing like, you know what? I actually don't want to be on social media for a couple months. Like it doesn't feel good to me. And so I just chose not to be on it. And similarly, like with this shift into starting to take exquisite care of myself, I would naturally want to stretch or foam roll for 10 or however long minutes before I'd sit down and type. I would do some sort of body-centered meditation before I sat down and typed. And that came from not me creating this rigid, perfect structure of, okay, here I am, the epitome of somebody who loves their body, and I wake up and I have this regimen that I follow every day. It's really rigid. It's already set out. No, it didn't come from that. Me tending to myself in an exquisite, loving way came from giving myself allowance and gentleness to be with what I was feeling and experiencing. And part of it too is begin not it starts with noticing how you feel, but then beginning to shift and be motivated in our actions around how we want to feel. So, you know, I'm all for having, you know, some sort of structure in our life, some sort of maybe daily practice that you're dedicated and consistent to. And I don't believe we can, like, it's sustainable, particularly for those of us who identify as women, to live in this really rigid structure where there's no room to be with what arises naturally and our emotional state. 
And so in those moments of, you know, if you're going to do the morning meditation, if you're going to do the morning movement, if you're going to be on social media or not, instead of having a preconceived idea that's rigid in your head of, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. I got to do it. I just got to overcome, you know, if I'm feeling resistance. Instead, really focus on how is it that you feel now? And then what would help you feel just a little bit better? Right? And so is it a donut? Is it a cookie? Is it something sweet? You know, if that happens to be around. Or maybe you would like to just take five minutes. Five minutes for yourself. Maybe take a five-minute break away from work, away from the screen. And in that five minutes, giving yourself some deep, full belly breaths. And so instead of obsessing over your weight, instead of obsessing over trying to do it perfectly, shift your focus to how you feel and how you want to feel. So in those moments, especially I think around the holidays or if there's an event you have coming up, like a wedding or something. And for me, in the context I was giving, I I was even running this, my course, Body Love. And I remember like the opposite of what I teach, but my mind still had this idea of like, oh, like I can't be a, I can't be chubby or I can't look chubby for leading this course of Body Love, right? I should like and it didn't say it in these words internally, but bit more or less in my head, I was thinking, oh, for the two weeks before that starts, I should go on some sort of diet, right? It's the opposite of what, but I share that because also it's, it's partly it, it's natural. It doesn't come up for me very frequently at all anymore. I do feel every day delight and love and joy for my body. And when I am triggered when I'm feeling stressed, when I'm feeling like I'm in a new growth edge, my mind often will go to that groove where it's so strongly wired, where like the the idea of like, okay, I just need to diet or do this. But so if you notice, or, you know, say it's the holidays and maybe you feel like you've put on a little extra weight or you have an event that you want to feel really good in your body in, Instead of shifting and like, instead of like obsessing over your weight, obsessing over how your body looks, shift your focus to how you want to feel at the event. Shift your focus to how you want to feel as you move through the holidays. So meaning, you know, checking in with yourself, noticing, do you feel energized and content? Or do you feel tired and complacent? And so... It's really, it's so important to me that we're looking at the internal place of our motivation. So what, what is motivating the choices that we're making? The why, the underlying motivating factor. And that underlying motivating factor is so different when you shift your focus from, you know, what shifts in your life could help you make you would would help make you feel a little bit better, right? So when that's what you're operating from, what would help me feel just a little bit better? Versus when your motivating factor to create some change in your life is like, I need to work out. I gotta restrict my eating because I overindulged. So much harsher and more rigid and already comes with so much judgment that it's next to impossible to really be able to succeed or to feel good about yourself. 
And so there really, there is no perfect way in this journey. There is no one way in this journey of loving our body. It's a process with ups and downs and all of that. It's not linear. And so be patient with yourself. Be patient with the journey. And really, really, like I can't emphasize this enough, gentleness is the key. Right? It's not your job, your duty, or sign of success to be hard on yourself. Being hard on ourselves isn't getting us anywhere. It just f- makes us feel more shitty. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and, you know, I, even in my own journey, like of being gentle with the story I brought up of writing the book and when I started to shift to just allowing and giving myself permission to be with what is, to, to do what I needed to do to self-soothe. I noticed my own sense of like, oh, if I'm just going to be so gentle with myself and give into that, am I just giving into complacency? Am I just giving up? And so as you start to approach yourself and behaviors and actions with more gentleness, you may notice like you may wonder if, you know, you're giving into complacency or some similar thoughts. You know, you may sense pressure from society or your community to just push harder and hustle more. And if you notice those thoughts, if you notice that pressure, I think those are great opportunities to really help us experience stronger resolve in our decision to shift from this mode of body hating, to shift from this mode of being rigid on ourselves and continue to step into the choice of being willing to accept and the choice to you desire to really operate from love. And so it is a choice. Yes, it can take time to really be in that true, honest, loving place, but it's a choice in regards to, are you choosing to be hard on yourself and beat yourself up? Or can you choose to love yourself? Can you choose to be gentle with yourself if you can't get to love? Being gentle means, you know, your inner communication, your inner thoughts, your inner voice, talking to yourself like you may a dear child. Or if you have a pet, you know, think of how you talk to your pet. Anyone who knows me knows I have my sweet dog Tula, who I am like so in love with. I think she's my soulmate dog. I would never be like that harsh with her right? If she's having a behavior that's out of the norm that I think is not acceptable, I wouldn't be super rigid. I would, I would, yeah. And so, so just noticing how you're even talking to yourself and is that how you would talk to a lover, a dear friend? And if not, how could you shift it to be a little gentler? Because it's that gentleness that gives us the space to step into a new choice. So when those bumps along the way come, when a shadow gets triggered, if you can, instead of trying to need to fix it right away, trying to change it right away, trying to just overpower it, you could instead be gentle and notice. That's going to give you so much more self-agency and choice.
And so in those moments, if you do, if you do choose your old limiting coping strategies, please don't be too tough on yourself. Be kind and compassionate. That negative punishment and talk not only feels bad, it doesn't work. It's the opposite of what our nervous system and emotional state is needing in those moments, right? When we're trying to self-soothe through food or through another coping strategy, that harsh inner talk is the opposite of what we're needing. That's not soothing at all, right? And so what are some other new ways that you could soothe yourself, that you could support yourself that's coming from a more empowered place? So it's so important to continue to positively reinforce yourself. And one of the way I love to support all of my clients in that continuous reinforcement that's positive for themselves is beginning to celebrate and acknowledge your small steps of progress in the right direction. And what I mean by right direction here is toward the vision of what you desire and how you want to feel. So you're beginning to experience that more and more. You're beginning to make choices that will support you in experiencing that more and more. Our minds are wired and are built to focus on what's not working. And so we have to intentionally train ourselves to celebrate along the way. Otherwise, we're only going to see what's not working. We're only going to Probably continue that trend of being hard and rigid on ourselves. But when you intentionally celebrate along the way, you can see your progress and forward steps that otherwise would probably be really easy to overlook because change and transformation usually happens from small steps, small actions, subtle shifts that if we're just going about life, can seem insignificant. But the truth is that those are the significant, consistent little inputs that are what is going to create long-term sustainable change in how you relate and view yourself. And so, you know, you could even right now, you know, maybe you want to start a weekly celebration process. Um, That can look however you want, but maybe every Monday or maybe every Friday at the end of the week, you take five minutes and you journal and you acknowledge, okay, what are some ways that I really chose to honor myself? What are some ways that I really chose an empowered choice? And let yourself celebrate that. Let yourself feel the acknowledgement of that. So anchoring your celebration into your body. Right, So you feel the acknowledgement run through your energy fields all the way into your skin and bones and tissues and in between. And that in and of itself is so, it's such a beautiful gift to acknowledge our forward steps in the right direction and really to feel it and receive it. And that's going to be so much more motivating for you and far as far as like moving forward in your life and wanting to continue to more easily make empowered choices and you're filling yourself up versus 
being in some sort of void versus trying to detract and restrict yourself. So ultimately, to summarize, if you notice that you start to diverge down a limiting slope, notice, 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 notice. And then see if you can do something to interrupt the limiting slope, whether that be a behavior, a thought. So create some sort of pattern interrupt. Again, that's coming from gentleness. But what I mean by a pattern interrupt is it's usually in those moments of when you notice that limiting slope, what you need to do to help interrupt it is to change your body position. So so move in some way, move to a different room, do some jumping jacks, do a little dance, do some stretching. And then, so, so you're, so you're shifting your body position and then you're going to bring some shift to your breath. So consciously breathe deeper, breathe in a new way for, you know, 30 seconds or so, and then see if you can choose a different thought. And when you choose a different thought, intentionally choose a different thought that's coming from a place of love, gentleness, and compassion for yourself. And, you know, I think, I think I have a couple of male listeners, but it's mostly women who listen to my podcast. And, you know, as a woman, your power and your confidence reside in your body. So when you can begin to learn to connect to the vast wisdom your body offers you, it's not only the fast track to success and success being that you experience love and get to embrace your body as it is. But it also, learning to connect to the vast wisdom of your body is what will lead to long-term results and fulfillment. So your story, your pattern, it doesn't have to continue. You can feel amazing in your body. And it begins with these seemingly little insignificant steps of continuously choosing to come back into gentleness continuously choosing to come back into how is it that you feel and how is it that you want to feel. And I want to just wrap up and end with just saying that you're not meant to do this journey alone. And so it's essential that you have some degree of support. You know, whether that be support, just listening to my podcast and when I offer free Offer is taking me up on that. You know, definitely if you're not a part of my radical embodiment community, I please, I encourage you to, to join us. I'm consistently offering free exclusive events that are only for my community. And so that's free support and resource that's already there. Uh, it really takes courage, I think, to ask for help when you need it most. It's a sign of courage. It's a sign of strength. And so, you know, support can look so many different ways. If you have the resource for hired support, you know, getting a coach, getting, you know, someone who can really support you in being in your body, you know, like that's how I work with clients. Um, but it doesn't have to be with me, right? I think it is so essential to have that guide because it's through that energy that the transformation happens. And if you don't have the resource, that's okay. But someone in your life that you can trust, a trusted friend, mentor, colleague, where you can come and, and share with them, you know, when the bumps along the way come, 
a safe place that you can go and share that so that you don't get stuck in a shame loop and a shame spiral. It's important to have someone to bounce that off against so you're not just internalizing it. So the next time a bump along the way comes, instead of going into a place of, damn it, like I'm never going to get over this or I'm just going to give up or it's so hard or I just need to be more rigid on myself, instead take a breath and see if you can come into some gentleness and allowance and grace for yourself. And then choosing a choice that will support you in feeling a little bit better. So thank you for tuning in to episode 11 of season one of Radical Embodiment, the podcast, Bumps Along the Way. Take care.